Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. This is the third week in our um, theme called 2020. Everybody say 2020. And as you heard in the announcements, we're coming up on our uh, five-year milestone. In fact, according to the calendar, we already hit five years since we launched the church. But we're going to be celebrating five, our five-year anniversary, our birthday as a church on October 6th, okay? October 6th, that weekend, it's going to be our high-five weekend. Come on, somebody give somebody a high-five real quick. Give somebody a high-five. Say high-five for five years, all right? And we're going to have a very special guest with us that weekend. Um, and uh, we're going to have who is been my mentor for many years. He's one of the overseers of our church, and uh, most of you have uh, read his books or heard him preach at a conference or whatever at Bethany, but we're uh, going to have Pastor Joel Stocksill here with us on October 6th. He's, he wanted, he and his wife Amy wanted to be here for our five-year anniversary because they love us and believe in us so much. So that is going to be an awesome Sunday. And what we felt like the Lord was speaking to us as we were leading up to uh, turning five was that he was giving us a 2020 vision everybody say 2020 that as we approach the year 2020 can you believe it's about to be 2020 like when I was a kid that was like it seemed like something science fiction like one day it's going to be the year 2020 and we all thought that we'd be flying in cars and stuff by now we're probably not far from that but it's going to be 2020 and as we get to the year 2020, I felt like the Holy Spirit said so clearly, I'm going to give a clear vision, such a clear vision to the church that we're going to run with it in the year 2020. And we're going to see God do amazing things. That, not, that what we've seen in the past five years, God's not only spoken to us about the next year, but he's already spoken to us about the next five years and that's what this whole 2020 thing is all about. Where are we going? What is the vision for the next five years? And uh, the first week, how many of you here were, uh, were here two weeks uh, ago when we dropped some F-bombs in church? Was anybody here? We had a good time talking about a clear vision of Christianity. What is a clear vision of Christianity? We talked about three F-words in church, right? And that word, do you remember the words? Oh, well, I hope y'all didn't go out and say other F words now. What were they? <laughs> Maybe I need to go back and preach that one again. All right. Follow, fish, and fellowship. Basically, that's what Christianity is. It's discipleship. To follow Jesus, to fish for more people, to bring more disciples, right? And to fellowship, to be a family uh, in Christ. That's what Christianity is. And then last Sunday, how many of you enjoyed Pastor Scott? Man, you know, at first I was like, where are you going, dude? It was like Hebrew over here and like hieroglyphics and, you know, and then all of a sudden it was just kind of like, Phew. I was like, whoa, I hope I can do that one day. That's awesome. But he taught us how to foster vision, right? How to foster our faith so that God can breathe his life into the vision. And today I'm going to talk about a subject that's very dear to my heart. And uh, if you've been here for a while, this is already very dear to your heart. 
If you're newer to Encounter Church, you know, for about two months straight, we talked about uh, what it means to follow Jesus and what it means to, uh, to be a disciple and to make disciples, right? But if you take a look back at our wall back here, it says reach, disciple, and revive. And today, I want to focus on the third word, revive. Everybody say revive. revive. Um, one of our main callings as a church, just as our goal, right, our passion is to make disciples of Jesus. One of the things that we believe that is, it is for the church, but we, ever since before we even started this church, this was something God spoke so clearly, so strongly to us, that we were to be a revival church. Everybody say revival. And so we included in one of our, our mission words, our mission statement is the word revive. Because we believe God's called us specifically in Counter Church to be a church that carries revival. And so if, uh, just like we've said the past two weeks, today, 2020, right? If we're going to be able to truly successfully experience revival, we need a clear Vision of, when we say revival, what are we even talking about? Are y'all with me? So when we say revive or revival at Encounter Church, let, let, let me just make something clear. Y'all with me? We're not talking about a series of special meetings. We're not talking about just um, movement called a revival where... I don't know, everybody flocks to some special meetings, right? Are those good? Absolutely, I love those. I go to those. I flock to those. Where God is moving. I love to go. When I find out God is moving over there, I'm, I go after it, right? Because I want to be where he is. But when we say revival, we're not just referring to a hope one day we have a special move of God and a bunch of people come from all over to our special meetings, right? Do we hope that happens one day? Sure, but that is not what we're talking about when we say revive. What we are talking about is being hosts. Everybody say hosts. We're talking about, when we say revive, the clearest word I could give you to, to, to give you the clearest possible vision of what I mean, what we mean when we say revive and revival, it is that we are hosting the presence hosting the presence of God all right so just just a quick review before we get to our scripture who makes disciples all right I need everybody with me are y'all here all right all right Labor Day weekend wake up you can rest tomorrow all right shake somebody you're with me who makes disciples? We do. Disciples make disciples, right? Who builds the church? Okay. We drilled that one several weeks, right? We don't build the church, and Jesus does not make disciples. Okay? We make disciples, and Jesus takes those disciples and builds them into his church, right? Jesus builds the church. So... If we make disciples and Jesus is building disciples into his church, what exactly is it that he's building us into? 
1 Peter 2. This is actually the only passage we're going to read today. But because I want it to really stick, I want it to really sink in, I'm going to read five translations of it. Is that that all right? I guess I'll pull a Scott on you too. All right. Five translations of the same verse. Are you ready? So this is the question. If we make disciples and Jesus builds disciples into his church, what is he building us into? Certainly not this building, right? Right? What is he building us into? Here we go. Coming to him as, uh, as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are, be- are being built up are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Cool? That was the New King James, all right? How many of you are like, please give me the NLT, somebody give me the New Living? All right. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you, come on, point at somebody and say you. You You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What is he building us into? A physical temple? He's using physical bodies to build a spiritual temple. Okay? What's more, you're his holy priests. Through the mediation of Christ, uh, Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. In other words, to make that whole, we are his worshipers, right? We're his worshipers that have full-on access to him, spiritual priests. All right, let's let it sink in a little bit more. Man, how about the Amplified? Anybody want to hear the Amplified? Let's go to the Amplified. It says this. Come to him, the risen Lord, as to a living stone which men rejected and threw away, but which is, uh, which is choice and precious in the sight of God. You, believers, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house for a holy and dedicated priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Christ Jesus. Is it starting to sink in? A house of worship, a house where who dwells? Hmm, what was the temple for? Hmm, well, let's go to the passion. Number four. So keep coming to him who is the living stone. Come on, somebody. It's not enough to just come one time and done. You got to keep coming to him uh, who is the living stone. Though he was rejected and discarded by men, but chosen by God and is priceless in God's sight. Come and be his living stones, right, who are continually being assembled into a sanctuary for God. A sanctuary for whom? Uh Uh-oh. For now you serve as holy priests. What did the priests do? They served in the temple. And what was that? What were the sacrifices about? What was that? That's right. It was worship, right? It was worship to God. Who had access to God in the temple? Only the priests, right? But now it says, you and I are living stones being built into the very temple. We're the temple and we're the priests. How cool is that, right? 
All right, offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus Christ. Is anybody happy this morning that God accepts our worship through Jesus, right? Well, in case that weren't enough, I'm going to read that verse in Spanish. Is that okay? Because I know we have a lot of Spanish speakers, and not only that, we have a lot of Spanish speakers online that watch us. So how about we read that word in Spanish? Some of you are going to get it this morning just because we read it in Spanish. All right? Ready. Ahora ustedes se acercan a Cristo, quien es la piedra viva principal del templo de Dios. La gente lo rechazó, pero Dios lo eligió para darle gran honra. Y ustedes son las piedras vivas. Everybody say, piedras vivas. Oh, you guys are awesome. Las con las cuales Dios edifica su templo espiritual. Además son sacerdotes santos por la mediación de Jesucristo. Ustedes ofrecen sacrificios espirituales que agradan a Dios. Everybody say, piedras vivas. Living stones. For what? For what? What's the building even for? Why do you have a house to live in? Flavio, what's the White House for? Um, for the president. To what? To rule. I mean, execute authority. I don't know. Who lives in the White House? Right now, Trump. Okay. The president, all right? What's the uh, governor's mansion for, Colette? For the governor to live in. For the governor to what? Live in. Oh, he lives there. How about, oh, Lord, excuse my, this might be wrong, but what, do, what, why, what does Buckingham Palace exist for? Who lives in Buckingham Palace? They might not anymore. I don't know, but that's what it was for, right? Okay, let, let me just put it this way. What good is a house if nobody lives there? Unfortunately, that's what a lot of the church is. And I don't say that in any way to point a finger at any specific church or anything. I say that. Are y'all with me? Let us be careful to never become that. If we just get a bunch of people together that all tend to agree on the same things and they like to sing songs and they like to hear a preacher preach. But nobody lives in the midst of this then it's just a club? Like a religious club? Just like a country club, right? Just like a whatever club where people get together for a purpose, but that's all there is to it. Unfortunately, a lot of times, that's all there is to church. It's just a bunch of people getting together, entertaining each other, Come on now. Entertaining each other. 
man, worship was awesome this morning. I really liked it. Guess what? Guess what? It wasn't for you. (laughs) Now, the worship team exists to help us, right? But if you're like, I go to that church because I like the worship. Well, that's like me saying, I go to the bank because I like Colette's bank account. A lot of laughing and quietness at the same time. What's the point of the temple of God if God's not in the temple? On your outline, I think this is in there. Jesus is building his disciples into a dwelling for his presence. Jesus is building his disciples into a dwelling for his presence. You guys, I, I, please hear my heart on this. If we don't have the presence, we're no different than any other organization, club, building, The one thing that makes us different is that we have a real God living on the inside of us who manifests himself among us. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of religions that assemble and quote-unquote worship, but God's not there, right? The one thing that makes us as Christians different is that we have a real God. He's the living God. And by his spirit, he's building us into a house or a dwelling for his manifest presence. If the presence of God is just a theory in the church, we have missed it. We've missed the mark. If a church is a real church, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying to judge any church. I'm saying to judge our church. If a church is a real church, the tangible presence of God will show up. If God lives somewhere, you're going to know it. Jesus is building his disciples into a dwelling for his presence. Disciples are joined together to build a temple, a house, a habitation for God's presence on earth, right? What did Jesus say for us to pray? Father, your kingdom come, right? That is not relative, figurative, or symbolic. God literally wants to invade the earth through us. He wants to bring his kingdom through us. God is omnipresent. Yes, he's everywhere all the time. But God wants to and does manifest his presence in specific places and at specific times. And listen, really, all I'm trying to say this morning is I want us to be one of those places. 
I want Encounter Church. Our heart is to be a dwelling, is to be a habitation, is to be a house where God lives, not just some facade that has the name of God on it, but to be a true house where God shows up and manifests his presence, where his presence is honored, where his presence is sought, where his presence is valued, where his presence is loved, and where his presence is released to do whatever his presence wants to do. And Encounter Church, we don't want to just experience his presence here and there, once in a while, off and on, little visitations. What we want to do, our heart, and what we have prayed now for now, now six years, because five years celebrating the church, but six years praying for and planning this, right? Six years, we've been praying, believing, proclaiming, prophesying that Encounter Church will be a place where God is there. He's there. And like we read in, in 1 Corinthians, when it says that people would come through, they would come into the church, and they would literally have to fall on their knees and say, God is here. Not in name only, not in word only, not in music only, but his tangible presence. We want you here, God. We don't want to just be here. We want God here. And we want to host him well. I don't know if this is in your outline or not or on the screen, but I want to say this. This is the, I just got this phrase this week. We want to facilitate an atmosphere where God's presence dwells and swells. We want to facilitate an atmosphere where God's presence dwells and swells. And I see you're writing it, so I'm going to say it one more time. At Encounter Church, we want to facilitate an atmosphere where God's presence dwells and swells. What do I mean by that? Well, not only where he is, but where he is more and more and more. Where he can dwell, but where he can swell. And ever increasing. See, that's the difference between a lot of times what people call revival as in like, boom, God, you know, like moved for a week or for a month or for a year and then it was over. And praise God for those movements, but what we're talking about is a culture, an atmosphere where God's presence doesn't just every once in a while show up, but where his presence dwells, where his presence inhabits, but where it also swells, where it grows, where it becomes more and more and more and more. I don't ever want to get to the point where we say, do you remember back then when God moved? No, no, no. I want to constantly be saying he's moving more and more. I don't want to ever say, remember when, that, when we felt the presence of the Lord? <laughs> when we used to feel the presence of the Lord in worship? If we ever get to that point, let's pack our bag. Well, no. Let's repent and get things in order. <laughs> I took it a little too far. <laughs> How many of you want to host him well? We want to host you well, Lord. And good host, have you ever been to somebody's house where they hosted you well? You ever been to somebody's house where they didn't host you so well? You ever hosted anybody well? You ever hosted anybody and then, then you were like, ooh. Because this is the deal. Good hosts intentionally do things to please their guests, right? 
right? If I know Andy likes fried chicken, then when he comes over, I'm going to try to make fried chicken. Because when you host somebody, you want to please them, right? You want to do something that they, that they, that they like, that they enjoy, right? I remember the, the, the story. Uh, one time, my wife went to a, a, a place where uh, she was hosted, but obviously this person didn't know my wife. Even though we've been friends for years, obviously this person didn't know my wife well enough to know that she really needs to wake up and drink coffee because they had zero coffee. For like how many days? Oh, Jesus. All right. Now, come on. And Liz will tell you the story. Did, this, did, did, did she feel like this person didn't love her? No. We know this person loves us extremely, okay? It just felt like, wow, maybe she didn't know me as well as I thought. And I wonder how often we make God feel like that. Where he's going, well, I don't necessarily like that too much. Or I wish they'd do more of that. Good hosts do things to intentionally please their guests, right? So we purpose to be good hosts of God's presence by doing three things. I'll tell you them, and then I'm going to break them down really quick, and then we're going to practice this for a few minutes. Is that cool? Okay, we purpose to be good hosts of God's presence by, number one, the way we worship. Number two, the way we pray. And number three, the way we pursue holiness. The way we worship, the way we pray, and the way we pursue holiness. We intentionally want to host God well by the way we worship. And I've already kind of alluded to this a little bit. But let me just, I want to give you just three real quick thoughts on this. What do you mean the way we worship? Like the worship style? Like does God like, you know, new songs? Does he like old songs? Does he like hymns? Does he like rock and roll? Does he like country? Does he like hip hop? All of the above and more. But that has nothing to do with worship. (laughs) The way we worship, I don't even necessarily mean, bear with me, like what we do, what we look like, okay? Because you know you can do things on the outside, right? Like, hello? Like, I can dance before the Lord just like I can dance in the club, and it doesn't mean, there, can, there might be, I don't go dancing at clubs, by the way, okay? <laughs> Only with Liz in our home club, all right. Actually, we don't because neither one of us dance very well. But, hey, well, I guess we, we, we've tried a few times, but no. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me make it a little more. Uh... Listen, can, can showing up at Encounter Church and lifting your beautiful voice and singing to the Lord be exactly the same thing as going to a concert and just singing, and I don't even mean a Jesus concert, okay? And just singing along with the music with your beautiful voice. Can it be the same thing? 
It can be exactly, absolutely the same thing and mean nothing to God. Except God's going, you ought to do that different. (laughs) So when I say the way we worship, I don't mean, quote unquote, exactly what we do. Three thoughts. It's about entertaining him, not people. Worship is about entertaining God, not people. That's why. Come on. That's why, even though the computer crashed and the words weren't on the screen and then something happened with the sound and it phased in and out, we can keep on worshiping. Come on. We can keep on celebrating. We can keep on worshiping. We could just, because it's not even, you know what? Some of the most intimate, powerful worship I've ever experienced was somewhere where they didn't even have a sound system or a microphone, where all they had was a guitar or a CD player. Remember those? A CD player, right? And people were just entertaining God with their heart. Let me restate that. Entertaining God in our heart, within our heart. And it's so powerful when a bunch of hearts get together and entertain him. The temple forms and his presence comes. I've experienced it dozens, if not hundreds of times in my life. It's about entertaining God, not people. Another way that we host him by the way we worship is we try not to rush through it. We wait on him, right? I mean, easy church service would just be come in, we sing one, two, three, maybe four songs, dot, 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 done, pray, done, next, right? But we try not to just rush through things because that's just singing songs. What we want to do is we wait on the Lord, right? That's why on Wednesday nights we have a special time of just, sometimes we literally for an hour sing two songs. We might get to number three sometimes because what we're normally doing is we're just, we're just waiting on him. We're, wait, we're listening to him. We're moving with what he's saying, with what he's doing. We're just hosting him, entertaining him, not rushing and waiting. And the third, uh, the third thought there is we host him by the way we worship when we're mindful and respectful of his presence. And this is a major problem in the uh, American church is people aren't mindful and especially not respectful a lot of times of God's presence because we treat God's presence like it were just something common. And so, you know, whatever, I'm going to come in and be distracted and talking to somebody in the middle of worship or, you know what I'm saying? Like, we just act like it's like, meh, whatever. It got really quiet. I guess we're respecting his presence. (laughs) Am I saying that we're not going to be joyous and have fun and all that in his presence? No, no, no. There's a time for everything. What I am saying is... There's nothing worse that, than being in the middle of the manifest presence of God and then somebody just being flippant and nonchalant and just acting like, nah. You know, if the king walks in the room, what you going to do? 
joke with the person next to you? Slouch in your seat. I talked about this a while back, but, you know, set aside any silly political nonsense right now. But, okay, because this has nothing to do with that. But what are you supposed to do when the Pledge of Allegiance or National Anthem, what are you supposed to do? Right. People have more respect for that than the presence of God. And I'm all for patriotism and put your hand over your heart and sing the national anthem and say the Pledge of Allegiance. Please be a good citizen. All right. Done with that. Moving on. Why is there more respect for that? And people walk in church kind of like, eh, whatever. Hey. I don't have any gum, so I had to fake gum. All right. Pastor said it was a sin to chew gum in church. I did not. Okay. It's about the attitude. A respectful attitude. It gets loud up in here. We got kids running around and all that. But listen, there is a, when we, when we respect the presence of God, he's going to want to come more. Right? I mean, let's bring it way down. Have you ever been somewhere where you just weren't respected? Where it's just like you were treated like a, Whatever, I don't know if, if you've ever been the boss <laughs> or you've ever been somewhere where uh, you are quote-unquote deserving of respect and you walk in and they treat you just like anybody else. Huh? <laughs> I'm not going to say that. All right. Stop it. Um, I mean, how, I just want, listen, I know I'm giving examples that some of you could take the wrong way. Please take it the right way. Please just take it the right way. How would you treat the king if he walked in the room? We don't have a king. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. And he's more than a king. He's the king of kings. Every president, king, dictator, queen is like a ant. And we respect those ants. All I'm saying is if you want to host the king, treat him like the king. Okay? If we want to host almighty God, let's remember, he's almighty God. He's not just words in the song. We treat him by the way we pray. So that was we treat him by the way we were, uh, we host him by the way we worship. We host him by the way we pray. Just very quickly, I didn't ask for this, but if possible, could you go to the prayer times slide in the announcements? We host him by the way we pray. All right, are you ready? Prayer positions us for God's presence. Worship like ushers us in, but prayer positions us. It, if you're a praying person, if we're a praying church, we're in the right position for God's presence, right? Right? Anybody have a rain gauge? Has anyone ever seen a rain gauge? What do rain gauges do? They catch the rain to measure it, right? Um, if you put a rain gauge under a big 
tree, what's going to happen? It's not going to catch much of the rain because it's not in the right position. It's got to be out in the open, right, where, where the rain falls like it really is falling. See, God's presence is being poured out like rain all over the earth since the day of Pentecost, okay? We're not asking God to open the heavens and come down. The heavens are open. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. It has been being poured out for close to 1,970 years, nonstop, all over the earth. The issue is sometimes we're not in the right position to catch the rain. And see, prayer positions us for the presence. Prayer is the supernatural connection between heaven and earth, right? It's what makes Christianity supernatural. (laughs) Prayer, that connection, that supernatural connection. And I said it, I'll say it again, it just really takes one to host him. And more than one is even better, right? So, uh, again, we may... uh, Have more prayer meetings than your typical church. I know churches that have way more than us, okay? And our heart is for this to grow. Our heart, my my desire one day is to have a building that has a room that is open 24-7 with worship constantly going on and people praying, okay? We want to host him all the time. But look, right now, this is what we got and this is about how much we can do right now. And it just takes one person to host the presence of the Lord because each and every one of us is a temple. And when we assemble, we're built into the temple, right? And so why do we pray so much around here? If you show up to uh, any uh, of these prayer meetings, sometimes there may literally be just two or three people. I've heard of times where it was just one person. Sometimes you may show up and there's, you know, five or 10 or 15 people praying. On Wednesday night is a very special time. We call it like congregational prayer. We have anywhere from 50 to 80 people every Wednesday night showing up just literally to pray. That's all we're here for. We're here with no other agenda but get in his presence, get his heart, and then ask him for what's on his heart. Right? Yes? And so I've just been, this has really been stirring in me in part, at some point it even grieved me. It was like, we got really strong in prayer and then all of a sudden it kind of like slacked a little bit. Listen, if we want to really truly see a move of God, if we really truly want to be a a people that host him, we don't need to pray less, we need to pray more. And I'm not condemning anybody for not coming to every prayer meeting. I don't go to all the prayer meetings. What I'm saying is let's make an extra effort to keep the prayer level high at Encounter Church. Come on, somebody. I want to stick that rain gauge out there, and I want it to fill until it's flowing over with his presence. And prayer positions us. We pray. Again, I put these up here just for you to to see. If, if, If everybody has a different schedule, come pray sometime. Literally, all you got to do is come show up, come in here, we pray, and Wednesday night we have a full-blown prayer service, but we'd love to invite you guys to come and join us in prayer because it positions us for God's presence. And finally, number three, we host him. We host him well by the way we pursue holiness. Holiness attracts God's presence. (laughs) 
There's a lot of misunderstanding on this topic. There's a lot of misunderstanding on what holiness even is. Okay? Because it's been so misexplained and misrepresented throughout generations, honestly. I'm going gi- to preach an entire message next Sunday about holiness. I'm not going to take a lot of time today. But literally, holiness, if I could tell you in one word what it means, it means uncommon. It's uncommon. Not like everybody else. There's a lot of misunderstanding, okay? So come back next Sunday, and we're going to learn all about holiness and the pursuit of holiness. Cool? But basically, when we take holiness seriously, we're treating God's presence as, as what it is. It's uncommon. It's, un, it's wonderful. It's a valuable gift to us. And we're not just going to go about living life like the rest of the world, hoping that God will visit us. <laughs> we have to pursue him and his holiness and be different. Amen? Uh-oh. Come on, worship team. Let's, let's do this. If you would, let's just, um, maybe you want to gather your stuff, put it under your seat, do whatever you need to do. Um, the way we're going to end the service today is just practicing for a few minutes rather than just talking about it. Is that okay? It's one thing to say, this is who we are and this is what we do. And then, sure, right? Let's practice it just for a few minutes before we go. Would you mind standing up? Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.